Welcome to the Channel 17 podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always is my father, Tim Floyd. Yes, Will, great to be with you, and Happy New Year. This is our first broadcast in a while, so I'm, I'm glad to be back with you. Yes, yeah, so we were both traveling. We were, in fact, away together. Actually, I was trip. with you in, in real life. I just hadn't yes. been with you on the podcast. Um, but traveling makes it hard to bring the mic and everything. And uh, since we have last uh, talked to our varied uh, five or so listeners, we have been to perhaps the greatest Rose Bowl game in history to see our dogs win. We have gone to Disney World together, um, and we have both battled a cough. So we've had a time, but we have not checked in on this podcast. And in Braves news, although, as with the rest of baseball, very little is happening in terms of the roster, there is some news. Uh, First and foremost, Chipper Jones is elected to the Hall of Fame. And so we are going to talk about Chipper for most of today's podcast. And that gives us plenty to talk about. But it's, you're right, by the way, over the last month, there's been basically no news in terms of the Atlanta Braves themselves and roster moves. And there has been very little in Major League Baseball. You're right. Um, there may yet be a little bit before pitchers and catchers report. But, of course, spring training starts in less than a month now. Well, the Brewers but, have decided to make some news as we're talking. All of a sudden, it's the Brewers just yeah. in the last couple of days who have making the cost moves. the Braves uh, getting Christian Yelich. Although it sounds like actually <clears throat> that is because the Braves did not want to give up Ronald Acuna. And why would you give up the best prospect in baseball? Which is what he is by virtually all accounts at yes. this point. Now, I know that Keith Law did not include Shohei Otani. But he beat right. Otani on the Baseball America list. I know, that was pretty astounding to me. Um, he also, and I was thinking about this as I was reading Keith Law's list, Ronald Acuna is number one on Keith Law's Top 100 Prospects on ESPN. Number two is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh-huh. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was basically described by Keith Law as just like his father, but with better plate discipline and the ability to stick at third, possibly. His Hall of Fame father, right. that is. Vladimir right. Guerrero was just elected to the Hall of Fame with Chipper Jones. He's one of the best hitters I ever remember in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. And if you were told you get a guy who can do that, but basically erase the one weakness he had as a hitter, and might play the infield? And he's yeah. saying Ronald Acuna is better. Is he even 18? I mean, that kid is right. young, too. <laughs> but but given all of that, your point is Acuna is rated yep. even more highly. <laughs> And I think this actually speaks to one of the crazy things about Ronald Acuna. He kind of came out of nowhere. Right. I mean, he came he from Venezuela. He anywhere near that. I mean, he was toolsy. A lot of people were kind of high on him um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way that this guy has potential, but nobody would have predicted a year ago he'd be the number one prospect in all of baseball, but that's because he had such a phenomenal year as a 19-year-old. And, in fact... Uh, Law also said he could be Mike Trout-ish, although he noted... That, that, that makes me so nervous. I know. <laughs> Obviously, Mike Trout is the best player in a generation, and his generation is not over yet. So that that's not... I can't imagine that happening. On the other hand, Acuna does have everything going for him. But here's the other he, point I wanted to make there. He also noted that he's probably the third best center fielder in Atlanta's entire system, 
which includes yeah. Ender Inciarte, but also Christian Pache. Right. Um, who was, who was fairly high on these prospect lists. Because um, he can he, flat play center field. Apparently he, he could be an excellent defensive center fielder today in the major leagues. Uh, still a teenager himself. Um, and people keep saying he's going to be able to hit. He, so far he hasn't hit with any authority. At least he has no home runs in his professional career. But um, and, and that, we should that point out develops later. You are right. not exaggerating or being hyperbolic. He has hit exactly zero home runs. Right. This is for a guy who's thing. not, you know, a tiny guy. He's not. Yeah. He's not going to be Juan Pierre. He's he projects as a guy who might be able to hit the ball pretty hard. Um, you know, more even than say Enciarte. But so far, he hasn't developed any power. But he, he's a little further away. Acuna is. But think about this. Banging though. on the door. Someone like Christian Pache. Yeah. In any other system, would be a headliner. We have Ronald Acuna, we have all these arms. In fact, we have 10 players in Keith Law's top 100. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, out of all of baseball. And there are some notable names that weren't in there. Colby Allard. Yeah, Colby Allard, the number one pick from a couple of years ago, who's been in the top, hell, in the top 25. He's been a really good young left-handed pitcher in the high minors already. Who who has done nothing wrong. He had a great year at double-A as a 19-year-old. The only and thing wrong he, he, is his fastball might not be top shelf. Well, that, that I saw Law's comments, uh, and the knock on Colby Allard is his fastball just doesn't project as much as he may not even be hitting 90 miles an hour on it, which just goes to show the guy really already knows how to pitch. Yeah. Right? Uh, take that up a couple of notches, and he'll be right up there. And then I don't believe Alex Jackson was in that yeah, list. Yeah, he wasn't on the list. Here we have a guy uh, who probably isn't a catcher long term, most likely. But the guy looks like he can hit. But he can hit wherever you put, play him, right? And these are guys that we already know will not be in the top ten individual list for the Braves by Keith Law, because there right. were ten in the top one hundred. It's kind of yep. insane. Um, it's it's a very impressive farm system, and of course they lost um, a couple of months right. ago in the draconian sanctions by Major League Baseball. Um, a, a big chunk of their international signees. Um, none of those guys had panned out quite as well in their first year or so of professional ball in the U.S. Um, but you know, some of them might might yet turn out to be really good, and they won't be Braves. But it's it's fun to get excited about prospects, uh, which we do often in these podcasts, mainly because the Braves, the Braves have, have been, been so bad at the major league level now for three consecutive years. And soon we'll start talking about 2018, but we'll well. we'll get and to in that fact, in a few weeks. let's briefly talk about 2018. Only to say, I don't know if you saw this today. The Atlanta Braves have announced their 2018 spring training non-roster invitees. No, I missed that news. Anybody of interest? Lots of them. Pitchers: Colby Allard, Josh Graham, Luke Jackson, Phil Pfeiffer, Miguel Sokolovich, Mike Soroka, and Kyle Wright. Okay, right. those seven, three are interesting. Allard, Soroka, and Wright, obviously, are guys that have the potential to be excellent major league starters, and maybe sooner rather than later. Wright's and also, so little since they signed him, but he could he could progress rapidly, and the fact that he's going to be at the major league spring training is pretty exciting. And you invite these guys because what you need to know is if they can stick around at all, because you need lots of pitchers early on. Oh, right. Uh, all and, three of those guys may be at AAA this year, you know, just, just yeah. down the road, ready to be called well, up. Well, Luke Jackson point. will probably be at AAA and bouncing around for a while, but whatever. Well, right. 
Uh, and to catch all of those pitchers, you need a lot of catchers. So five guys have been invited. Rob Brantley, yeah, William Contreras, Alex Jackson, Tyler Marlette, and Cade Civic. Yeah. If that's how you um, say it. We'll Contreras it is the one to get excited about. He's the furthest away. But he, he he's can the both one hit who projects to be stay both an the excellent plate. defensive catcher and a hitter. Um, Jackson projects to be a hitter, but probably can't play catcher. Um, Cade, whatever his name is, um, excellent defensive catcher, but may never hit. But you got to have a lot of them anyway. You're and right. And Cade Civic has hit enough that you could make him a backup without cringing. Oh, right. He could be a backup. He could uh, play that second, third catcher Listed role. as infielders. Now, this is interesting. Christian Colon, Ray Patrick Ditter, Sean Kazmar, and Austin Riley. I thought Ditter Austin was an outfielder. Riley's invited to the big camp, huh? Yeah. Wasn't That's Ray Patrick good. Ditter an outfielder? Yeah, but I think he's been playing some second base. Whatever. Because there's he's a not going to have the bat to be an outfielder. If he could be a middle infielder, he might make it. Okay, get in line, buddy. Uh, and yeah. then among outfielders, Ronald Acuna, Jaff Decker, Christian Pache, Dustin Peterson, and Danny Santana. It would be really fun to go down to see some early spring training games and see some other guys play. I don't I don't I think know. I'll have that opportunity. Wouldn't it be fun to go uh, see Danny Santana play? I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see uh, Christian Pache run around the outfield. I'd, I'd love to see any glimpse of Acuna. But the good news is there's not much that we'll be seeing Acuna playing uh, at SunTrust Park this year, right? Right. And Probably not in April. Um, probably? But, Although, uh, I mean... Anthopolis, in the one interview I saw in the last week or two was really trying to downplay whether Acuna will be on the big league roster on opening day. Although he said something, you know he's lying. I mean, in, in, in terms of the reason, he said he just hadn't had much time at AAA. We think he needs some seasoning. That's not the point. The, the Cubs did the same thing with Bryant. Remember, mm -hmm. they said, we just don't think he's ready. So they sent him down for two weeks before they called him up to play those service I, The time first games. one I remember this happening with was Evan Longoria. Oh, right. And remember... Yeah. What the Rays did, they actually signed him to an extension that canceled out all of his arbitration. I don't think right. Longoria ever went to arbitration. And like a year or two at the end. Yeah. And I think he signed another extension. That oh, yeah, might also be a possibility. A yeah. Well, that's um, – we'll see what happens we'll see. with all of it. The Braves love to, um, at least under the John Hart era, you know, lock up some of your early people. But – uh, who knows about Acuna, but it's just so exciting, everything that's that's coming down the pike. We'll we'll be seeing a lot of him, I hope. And, you know, thinking about this offseason leads right into a conversation about the 1989 season and draft for me, because we're going to talk yep. about Chipper Jones. Mm -hmm. And... We should start the with Braves Chipper were Jones. The worst team in baseball at that point, right? Um, but Chipper Jones was elected with 97.2% of the Baseball Writers Association of America vote. No one has and, ever and been elected. The only surprising thing there is how could anybody vote against him at all? If this guy's not a Hall right. of Famer, it's hard to imagine who's a Hall of Famer. But is it ballot. more shocking that 7.1% of the voters thought Vlad Guerrero wasn't? Um, because no, seriously. I, I'm, I'm not as. I'm, Guerrero is a hell of a player. He clearly belongs in the hall, but he's not nearly as obvious as Chipper. I think. I'm saying, how did they not both get a hundred? And, and you know, 
Well, I know what you, well, that gets into Hall of Fame balloting right. and politics and, you know, you only get 10 votes. And if you know Chipper's going in anyway, don't vote for him so you can vote for Omar Vizquel or whoever the hell you think belongs in the because Hall. Because that's rational. Anyway. Well, there are people that do that, you I know. know. Um, there's some, there, there's this one guy who doesn't vote for anybody and somebody else who only voted for two Cleveland Indians, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing happens. And this is the people who release their ballots, by the way. Right. Yeah. Let's remember that. Right. But we are thinking of Chipper Jones as the Hall of Famer, as the all-time great, as one of the best third basemen of all time. Right. But coming off of the 1989 season, the Braves were the absolute worst team in baseball. Yeah. During the, the only consolation season, of that is you get the number one pick, right? Well, and during the 1990 season, they were better, but not good. Oh, they were last place. I mean, they still lost well but into the 90s. In, even in, in the 90 season, there was way more hope than the 89 season, to be fair. True, but... But this is because the got, 89 I, season I, I was special. I through it, Will, and you don't remember it. There was no real reason to believe in 1990. I mean, there was no nobody could possibly have imagined what the decade of the 90s would be like right. as of 1990. What you did know is... You know, they've got more talent now in the minor leagues than they've, and even on the major league roster than they've had in a while. They may not be a last place team coming up. I mean, that's all you could really hope for at that point. And um, it seemed like some things were coming around, but they still had this number one pick. Right. And going into the 1990 draft, the consensus number one player going into that draft was Todd Van Poppel. Todd Van Poppel. <laughs> um, yep. Who. I mean, really, everybody said it clearly. He, if you got well, I mean, pick, that's who you got to go for. He was the model pitcher, right? right? Exactly. Uh, high school pitcher out of Martin High School in Arlington, Texas. He was that kind of big, strong Texas pitcher in people's minds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens model. And that's what people said he was going to be. And the next one of those. Guys. And everyone was convinced. Um. At Martin High School, he had a less than one ERA. He went 11-3. and three. He struck out everybody he faced. And everyone thought, oh, this is the guy. And he said, I am not signing with the Atlanta Braves. He was adamant about that. He didn't want to go with his loser last place team. And am I remembering correctly that this was also... Was this one of the first agent nonsense in the draft deals? I don't remember it. I don't remember any details. But, of course, he didn't have to sign with him, and he said, well, I'll go to college. And that was what right. he said he would do. And so, you know, no point in drafting him if he's, there's no chance of signing him. And so instead, what the Braves did was turn to one Larry Wayne Jones Jr., yep. who I should also point out, as a senior in high school, had a sub-1 ERA and a winning record and struck out lots of people. Oh, I didn't even realize yep, that. He, he did that. But really, he was notable Mainly for being... he was being, a shortstop. Yep. He was a shortstop who hit and 483 with power. Right. And, and and from both sides of the plate. And, you know, I said that Todd Van Poppel was the A lanky young guy, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, yeah. with great athlete. Chipper is what you do when you build a video game perfect player, except yep. he couldn't stick it short. Right? I mean, this is yeah. the thing that's funny about him. Switch and I think hitter. Most people knew he probably wouldn't stick it short. There, there are so many players like that that come along. Right. The best athlete in the little league in high school continues to play shortstop, and they get drafted there. And you know, if they can, if they can make it as a shortstop defensively, you leave them there. Most of them can't. 
Um, Chipper, but, I, I saw Chipper play shortstop, by the way. I know. Um, Wasn't you, I there too then? I just don't you remember. were there. You yeah. just wouldn't remember it. So I should you say that to people. You were probably about four. Yeah. yeah. Um, when he was playing for the Macon Braves. Um, and I remember, I mean, of course, I knew all about Chipper Jones. I was so excited about seeing him because back then there wasn't the internet, there wasn't YouTube. Um, but of course, at least read in the newspaper about the number one draft pick, and here's a chance to watch him play. I have no real memory of how he did or anything that night, but I remember you just you just saw the guy on the field, and he just looked like an athlete. He looked like a baseball player because hell, that's what he was, uh, even as a 19 year old or whatever he would have been at that point. Well, in his rookie year, he went and played rookie ball in the Gulf Coast League, and actually wasn't very good. Right. Then that season in Macon. Was 1991. He was 19 years old. Yeah, that's or, when I saw him in 91, right? More specifically, early in that season, he turned 19. It's an uh-huh. April birthday. He hit 326 with a 407 on base percentage because he walked 69 times to 70 strikeouts because he was already a gifted player in terms yeah. of plate discipline. And hit 15 home runs, 24 doubles, and 11 triples. You, you know you're on to something with a guy that age um, putting up those kind of numbers. And then the next year, he actually splits time between high A Durham and double A Greenville, where mm-hmm. combined he hits 311. Again, shows good patience, hits with power, hits a huge number of triples, which he wouldn't do in the majors. Chipper could run. He could oh, run. Chipper, Chipper was always a good base runner. You know, he had the terrible knee injury. Right, we're getting to that. This is why that narrative you're you're going. So he was never really fast, but he was. I mean, he was fast uh, as a twenty twenty one year old. He was fast when he first came up with the Braves. I remember. And he was stealing forty bases at a ball, twenty four in his high A double A combined season, and then at Richmond and Triple A in nineteen ninety three. In 139 games, he hits 325. That uh, was he a doesn't hell walk of a AAA team, by the way. Right. I mean, Chipper Jones is obviously ready to be an outstanding major league player. He's 93. He's, what, 21 years old? Yep. Um, he's tearing it up at AAA. The Braves, at that point, win 104 games. They're the best team in baseball, uh, record-wise. Um but their AAA team—that's what was so exciting because not only would they become good at the major league level, that AAA team had Javi Lopez behind the plate, right? Ryan Klesko mm-hmm. was playing. That—that um, that was that was an impressive group coming along. Um, yeah, Ryan Klesko that was year the hit 22 home runs in 98 games. He was yeah. only a year older. Javi, as you mentioned, a catcher, hit 305, 17 home runs and 23 doubles. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, there are other guys that didn't turn out as well that, like, were considered hot shots. Melvin Nieves. Tony Teresco was supposed to be really good. That didn't work. Um, yeah. Although he hit three thirty that year with 15 right. home runs and 15 doubles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even had some pitchers who looked kind of interesting. Um, most notably, if I'm just glancing at ERAs and ages, Pedro Borbone was probably seen as an future good reliever, which I guess he which was. he was, yeah. Um, Brian Bark was probably someone people thought about. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they, Mark They Wallace. didn't need pitchers, of course. Right. By 93, the Major League um, yeah. staff was, you know, the, one, one of the, the best in history. history. <laughs> right. So think about um, this. Among this talent, Chipper is standing out. 
And he is going right. to join this great team for 1994. He goes to spring there was, training. There was no doubt he was he was going to be a great rookie in 94. There's no reason to keep him on the farm anymore. you got to find a place for this guy to play on the major league team. By this time, it was clear he's not a shortstop. Yes. It looked like third base might be his position. But, of course, the Braves at this point had National League MVP just a year or two before, Terry Pendleton playing third base. Um, and actually, and there so, was an open left field job because Ron Gant had broken his leg in a right. dirt bike accident. Braves had a great left fielder, but they basically cut their ties with Gant because he tore up his leg and obviously he was out for the season. Um, and so I remember that so well in spring training. Chipper, I don't know if he ever played outfield. He says, all right, I'll try that. And he had won the left field job, clearly. He was going to be the Braves' starting left fielder um, in, two th- in 1994. But unfortunately, that was not to be, right? Nope. He injured his ACL in his left knee in spring training. What I am unclear on and I couldn't find, because this made him miss the entire season, but this is also right. the one Major League Baseball season that ended in August. Um, it, I think back then, at, at a, everybody knew you tear up your ACL, you You're miss gone. a season. And I it was don't spring think there training. Was any contemplation that he would have returned okay. in August or September? You're right. There was no August or September of that year. Damn, Bud Selig. But um, I don't think I, I don't remember that well, Will. But I don't think there was even any contemplation. It was like a 12 month rehab. Yeah. I mean, he had his surgery right around opening day, probably of um, 1994. Um, but he was ready to roll in, in 95 when they started up. But so in 1995, which is another shortened season. Right. But yeah, they start the late end, in 95. Um, Chipper is a rookie and hits 265, which would be unusual for him. Everything else was the Chipper we would come to know. He hit. 265, although if I'm looking at everything, this is probably unlucky because he walked 73 times. He had 23 home runs. He had 22 doubles, three triples. He would end up getting 139 hits in total, but, you know. Remember, that's in a strike-shortened season. 48 of them are extra base hits. Right. He did steal eight bases, although he's also caught four times, which was odd for him. But he was, you know, on base and slugging were just excellent. And for as a rookie, as he a probably rookie, should have been rookie of the year. Twenty three years old. I was waiting for you to do this. Well, um, <laughs> I haven't given that up yeah. yet. Um, and he is on the world champions. Yes, and that's the other great thing mm-hmm. about 19, the great thing about nineteen ninety five, the Braves World Series championship. Super um, integral part of that. I would point out that Wins Above Replacement says that you're wrong on Chipper over Hideo Nomo. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to look that up for you. Um, on the other hand, Hideo Nomo also was a long-term professional in Japan before. So, yeah, a lot of people make the argument that those Japanese right. professional players shouldn't be eligible for a So you, you can choose but... whatever you want to do there, whatever right. you choose. <laughs> uh, but Chipper is not a world beater at this point, but he's clearly a future very good major leaguer, if not a future star. Right. Yeah. He is on the world champions. Yeah. He will be obviously one of the better hitters on a team with one of the great pitching staffs of all time. Right. And I think in many ways, 
we often think of the Braves are mature at 95 because Chipper gets there. But Chipper, maybe more than anyone else, helps sustain the record streak of division winners. Yeah, they, 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 these pitchers had, I mean, they, they had Smoltz and um, Maddox and Glavin, obviously, although then they got Avery was starting to fade. And then they ended up with Denny Nagel. They brought on Kevin Hill. Everybody knows about the pitchers. Offensively, that was not a great team in the early 90s. A, a fairly poor offensive team at beginning in 93. They got Fred McGriff and kind of turned it on. Um, but they, they, they became a much better offensive team later in the 90s, and partly that was because of Chipper and Javi Lopez and Ryan Klesko coming along. Um, and, but I mean, also... They, Chipper maintained being mainly one of because the best of Chipper. He's, in baseball. He, he is clearly the offensive leader of the team now for the next well fifteen years, at least fifteen years. Yep, um, he is so remarkably consistent. And I think, as often happens, really with the Hall of Fame, people talk about what a great guy he is. Then there are other people that bring up, you know, Chipper's affair with a Hooters waitress, naming his kid Shay because he terrorized yeah. the Mets so much. Some of the more fun aspects. Um, his saving Freddie Freeman on an ATV in a snowstorm. Lots of stories like that. Some great, some a little embarrassing. Yeah. What I love about Chipper, you know Will, is somebody following him. The guy was as good a hitter as you'd ever want to see. And, and what I mean by that is he, he was as smart a hitter as you'd ever want to see. He was like the Greg Maddox of batters almost. Yes. Um, he knew what was, I mean, he, he understood pitchers. I mean, it's instinctive, um, but, but he, he was also a student of the game. He was raised to be a major league ball player by his dad. You know, he was taught to be a switch hitter, to be like Mickey Mantle. And, you know, to put this guy in perspective, you talked about consistency. Um, he was, he was every bit as good from the right side as the left side. Um, he, he was a 300 hitter, both sides, right? <laughs> if I yes. remember right. He was, I mean, he was, he, he is the only memory. switch hitter in history to, um, with enough at bats, obviously, which is basically a career. I think whatever threshold you put yeah. it at, have a three hundred batting average, a four hundred on base percentage, and a five hundred slugging. Perhaps yeah. more remarkable, he hit three hundred from both sides and had a three ninety on base from both sides. Yeah, that that's phenomenal. Um, so consistent, so good. Um, he he, could... It's unreal. And, you know, looking at his baseball reference page, as I'm doing now, every column seems to be similar. I'll just go down the line. Runs from 1996 on. 114, 100, 123, 116, 118, 113. Uh, Hits. 139, 185, 176, 188, 181, 180, 189, 179. Year after year after year, yep. Doubles, 32, He's 41, not the kind of guy to get 40, 200 30, hits 30, in a season because he walked a hell of a lot. He walked a lot. To his credit. Yep. But he'd get 180 and then walk. Right, right. Yep. Here are those totals, 87, 76, 96, 126. I have no idea why anyone is intentionally walking Chipper Jones enough to propel him to that. 95, 98, 107, 94, 84. I mean, this guy just did everything well. He yep. could steal bases. I remember him as an old player. If you all of a sudden were just going slow to the plate because it's old man Chipper Jones over there, he was on second. Oh, yeah. He was an excellent base runner, even as an old player. 
he could he could go first to third. He, I mean, he he knew the situation, knew the outfielders, and he would take that extra base. I don't remember him ever getting thrown out doing that either. I mean, he must have, but it seems right. like if he did it, he knew what he was doing, and he would make it in. And he wasn't a great defensive yes. third baseman by any measure. Um, but part of that although, was. His lateral movement was never great in the field. Right. By the time he You'd was pushing 40, he was really bad. think as a guy coming up as a shortstop, he would have had pretty good range as a third baseman. But I guess it was the legs or, or whatever. He, he, he always had poor range. He had a pretty good arm. Um, yeah. And the one thing he did as well as anybody was charge that slow roller and barehanded in one movement, throw it to first. He never missed that play. I know. That was, like. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, when he and was a hard thing 39 and couldn't run. that one. I mean, it right. was crazy. It, Let's put him in a little historical perspective. Well, real quickly. Where do you quickly, think he ranks? Okay, go ahead. A little because more. Because I want to start with one season that I think is okay. one of the best of all time and doesn't get credit. His 1999, when he was oh, MVP, yeah. but his only MVP, he would get a fourth place in 1996. He was in sixth place in 2006. Um, he was in 12th place when he hit 364 as a 36-year-old for reasons that I don't understand. That's interesting. But seriously, he hit 364. There are 11 guys better than him. Anyway, yeah. but 1999, he was 27 because Chipper is the model player. His best season is his age 27 season. Of course. He hits 319. Chipper hit 319 every year. He walked 126 times because in addition to having great plate discipline, Opposing managers so, intentionally walked him 18 times. So what's his own base percentage? So his own base then? percentage is 441, which is becoming like Ted Williams' Mickey Mantle territory. Right. He hit 45 home runs. That was by far his career high, but he would hit in the 30s otherwise. Yeah. He had 41 doubles, which was not I, his career high. I didn't he remember he had 41 doubles yeah. the same year he had 45 homers. And My a gosh. triple. He had 25 stolen bases and was only caught stealing three times. Wow, now that's impressive. 25 out of 28. Yeah, he was a hell of a base runner. Yeah. And this what was, was in slugging that year if he had 44. Well, yeah, 633 slugging. And he did this in 157 games, which yeah. Chipper would get playing the knock for day. not playing every day later. Yeah. But that's because he was an old man who had bad knees. Yeah, the, that, that's, that's a hell of a year. That's as good a year as. Um, that is a season for the ages. If you have a player doing that at third base, you are already ahead of the game. Right. This is the kind of thing. But what I love about it is none of those numbers are signature, oh my God, numbers, right? Right. It wasn't he didn't a hit 50 fluke. home runs. It was his best year, but none of those numbers were just so out of character. I don't know what happened that year. That I mean, he was... He was damn good every single year, and that year it just all came together. And I think with Chipper Jones, the really amazing thing is that he could do that so consistently well into his 30s. He had similar kind of seasons, although... He was a hell of a hitter in his very last year as a major leaguer, and I saw him several times there in 2012 in person, and... You know, his legs didn't really work at all. Um, But the guy could put the barrel of the bat on the ball. He could probably still do it today, you know. Um, And he was also, in a sort of informal hitting coach for a lot of other people. He'd give people advice about, um, you know, do this or do that, because the guy just knew hitting. I think Freddie Freeman credits him with a lot of 
help. Right, I've heard that. Um, the current Braves MVP candidate possibility. Um, mm-hmm. Give it two years for Acuna at least. But yeah. that's probably being overly optimistic and weird. I'll stop. Yeah, careful with that, yeah. There was never any talk that Chipper was going to be traded. There was never any talk that Chipper would leave as a free agent, right? That's true, never. Um, when uh, it appeared that maybe he was not up to playing third and they were able to get Vinny Castilla, he moved to the it's outfield. It's not that he wasn't really up to third. It's that they well, wanted Castilla, yeah. and Chipper voluntarily said, all right, I'll play left again. Um, he would move back to third, I mean, cause play the, hard? Yeah, he... he Went out the outfield for what, like three years, and then mm-hmm. came back. Um, I mean, it's because he really didn't have the legs to even to roam left field by that time of his career. Yeah, sometimes you'd rather have a guy in the infield because he didn't have to run as much, <laughs> right? Um, and Chipper uh, started fitting that bill. But in his uh, actually quite lengthy postseason career, you know, ninety-three games, four hundred seventeen plate appearances, he hit two eighty-seven with a four hundred nine on base and a four fifty-six slugging. Okay. And in the 95 World Series, he hit 286 and walked a lot. Of course, that was not actually a great offensive series. Right. But he would consistently play well throughout postseasons. Oh, right. He he did everything right. It, I think we all got so used to Chipper because he was part of the team in a way from 1990. He was the number one overall pick. Right, even in the the ninety one worst of first season and that whole thing, um, he was Chipper a was brave. Prospect. He wasn't on the major league roster yet, but we were counting on him. So yeah, he was there all along. And then from the moment he got there, he was part of he was the best player on the team in a lot of seasons. Yeah, depending on how you view Andrew Jones' center field abilities, which right is debatable. I, I, I don't want to finish this podcast without talking right. about Andrew in a minute, but we're not through with Chipper. I wanted your perspective on where you put Chipper kind of all time. Give us a little historical And here's the thing. Because Chipper became part of the culture, we took him for granted. Yeah. I I mean, I'm trying to think if I could think about third basemen who were ahead of him. Well, most every, that's one position where pretty much everybody says there is one obvious person that's the greatest right. of all time, and that's Mike Schmidt. Partly because Schmidt was just an excellent defensive player, one of the best defensive third basemen, in addition to being the greatest slugger at third base. So I, I, mean, I, I would have a hard time arguing but about you, that. You want to hear something fun? Yeah, what's that? In terms of offensive wins above replacement, Chipper is at 87.4, which is 25th all time. Uh-huh. Mike Schmidt is tied with Cap Anson for number 23 all time. Can't believe I got Cap Anson in this podcast. Yeah. But Mike Schmidt had 90.9. Okay, Mike so Schmidt he, is better almost entirely as good as yeah, Mike Schmidt yeah. as a defensive Where player. does Eddie Matthews come in on that list? Do you happen to see him in there? Um, that was who I was looking for. Um, Matthews, of course, didn't have quite the longevity. He he is just above them at 93.9. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. We, we, we One of our podcasts, we talked about Eddie Matthews earlier this offseason. Chipper might not even be the best third baseman in Braves history, and yet he's also in the argument for one of the best third basemen of all time. George Brett had 84.1. Now, the rankings of those guys as defensive players is Schmidt, Brett, and then a huge gulf to Chipper and Eddie Matthews, to be fair. But, 
you know, well, that's why he's Smith's the greatest third baseman of all time. But he, he was yeah, probably the offensive best third baseman, and defensively, he was top ten percent all well. time. Right, and we're talking about um, being there with guys like Aurelio that's, Rodriguez. That's and the category player. of third. I mean, those four you've named, um, the two Braves, Matthews and Jones, and Schmidt and Brett. Um, I would also throw think, Wade Boggs in there. And, and I was just about to bring up Boggs, probably, you know, Brett's contemporary and pretty pretty similar. Um, I mean, Boggs is an underrated player himself, a guy who could get on base at the way he did for, for a good long while. Um, those five are the ones in my memory in my lifetime that would clearly be the best. Um, there are lots of other good ones. Um, but Chipper is certainly, what, in the top five all time? I think so. Um, He's definitely a top 10 third baseman, without oh, a doubt. No, no, nobody could possibly question whether he's a top 10 third baseman of all time, but to my mind, and he's pretty clearly in the top five. And I, I think the really amazing thing looking at Chipper is that he just kind of kept having the same season over and over, right? Yeah, he's kind of like you know the earlier Brave we talked about, Hank Aaron, although not at that level because Aaron right. was, was otherworldly. Chipper's one of the thirty we, best we players of all time offensively. Aaron's one of the two looks kind of the same, and, and like for twenty years to keep doing it year after year, and you can take it for granted. But the but if you really step back, you realize that ha- that is almost impossible. How can anybody sustain that level for that long? But the Chipper really did. But maybe on a Braves all-time team, I'd put Chipper in left just so I could get Eddie Matthews in the Well, line. yeah, you got to have them both in the lineup. That's right. Uh, That'd be a hell of a team, by the way, an all-time Braves team. It would stack yeah. up with pretty much any franchise, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. It, you got um, Chipper's three Hall of Fame starting pitchers, <laughs> teammates, right. I mean, um, you'd have a rotation. Javi Lopez behind the plate. Yeah. Um, well, You've got two earlier Hall of Famers in Warren Spahn and Phil Necro to join. Right. Matters, Glavin, and Smoltz. That's not a bad rotation. Uh, your first baseman might already be Freddie Freeman, to be honest. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Um, third base is a pile. Right. Um, second, I'm not sure who I'd go with, although Glenn Hubbard is worthy of discussion here. Yeah. Um, the Braves. I, the I'm a big fan of Glenn Hubbard. He, right. he doesn't make anybody's list of you know one of the great second basemen of all time, but, but <laughs> he was an underrated player. Right. Um, that's probably your worst. I don't know who you'd but, go but with. But your short. outfield with 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 Hank Aaron and right and Andrew Jones in center and all right, put Chipper in left. Yeah, right. that, nothing wrong with that outfield. But think about league. that. Um, we're talking about how this is a team that could stack up. That's with, leaving out Dale Murphy. That's leaving out right. you know somebody like Rico Cardi just among Atlanta Braves. You know. But we're talking about this as one of the best all-time franchise teams. Chipper is a cornerstone of it. Exactly, yep. That is the kind of player he was. And, again, I think of him as a model player. I also kind of like that he's someone who never needed a nickname. Yeah. Because he went by (laughs) his nickname. He came with one, yes. Uh, uh, although Bobby had to had to even make a nickname out of that, he shortened it. Remember, yeah, Cox always, would always say, "Okay, Chip, let's go, yeah. Chip." Well, there, there's a whole thing on Bobby's <laughs> nicknames that are not really right. nicknames that are great. Usually, not the most clever, but... right? Um, Andrew Jones was always Andy. Yeah, um, he was not very clever with it, um, but Chipper was unbelievable every year. Right, wasn't like he had some great seasons. 
every single year was a great season as a switch hitting third baseman. We and will not see the it. like of him again. Yeah. We talked about Dale Murphy earlier in, in this off season who had, you know, five or six great seasons. Um, and then he just couldn't sustain it past his early thirties. Uh, I want to talk about Andrew Jones for a minute who had a peak of six or seven seasons as one of the all-time greats, and obviously he couldn't sustain it. it it's you know a lot more difficult um, than I think most people think to be that good for that long and that consistently good. And let's, uh, we won't see the likes of him again anytime soon, I don't think. And you know the reason we should talk about Andrew Jones is he just scraped by with seven percent yeah, of the vote. Andrew lives to be voted on another year because it was touch and go whether he would even get to remain on the ballot and his first year of eligibility of course you know you have to get five percent of the, the votes five, appear on five percent of the ballots um he, he got what seven point something mm-hmm. that's that's so discouraged i think there's a legitimate argument one way or the other i, I respect somebody who thinks maybe he's not quite a hall of famer well did you see I the bill james argument how you know over over 90% of those people don't think he's, he ought to be of the 10 on their list. It was a deep ballot. There were a lot of really good players, but there are a lot of people getting votes over Andrew that I really don't see. Omar I'm kind of frustrated about that one. Omar Vizquel is who I want to point Omar out. Omar Vizquel. And the problem there is, if it's you the vote same for argument. Vizquel, why don't you vote for Jones? Right. If you're voting on defense. You think defense is so important. This guy who's, who's corrupt. I mean, he was never a good hitter. I mean, he was never even a good hitter. He was a, you know, right. at best an average hitter, um, at best. But that's okay. Vizquel was a hell of a player, a great defensive shortstop for a long time. Um, I, I wouldn't vote for him for Hall of Fame, but I wouldn't, you know, laugh at somebody in the face if they did. But you know, five, six times as many people voted for Vizquel as they voted for Andrew. Andrew was, without much doubt one of the top two or three greatest defensive mm-hmm. center fielders of all time. And I think a lot of people would recognize he probably was the greatest defensive center fielder of all time for several years there. Um, all the advanced metrics show that of his own contemporaries. It wasn't even close. The argument really would be, I guess, Willie Mays. Um, Paul well, Blair was awfully good back in that era. It's a little hard to compare. Actually, what some people are Trish saying. Chris Speaker was pretty good back in the early, but, you know, it's hard to compare. Actually. But Andrew the, stood out among his peers yes, better than anybody. But so did Kurt Flood, so did Gary Maddox, and they were not Hall of Fame players. The, I don't and that is the argument against said, him. That's the greatest third center, defensive center fielder of the, of the time, even. The, the, Kurt Flood played the same time as Paul Blair, Willie Mays. They were all, they were all really good. Andrew was just head yeah. and shoulders above every other defense. But isn't the forward. argument against Andrew actually that after the age of 30, he did nothing? Right. I mean, it's the same thing with, with Dale Murphy, who really wasn't yeah. any good after 30 either. And they both, you know, hung around a while and were, you know, just not even replacement level kind of players, just fell off a cliff at that point. And that's Hall of Fame voters like longevity. That's why Chip and actually. No I would and argue I, I Andrew couldn't that. stay healthy. I mean, we were just complimenting Chipper for his consistent longevity, so I, I understand that. Um, so I, I understand that you might not think Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer, but it's not like he's just a glove guy. The guy hit over 400 home runs. Uh, but he hit 50 one year. Think about how much we lumped the two together because they were the Jones boys. They were the hitting Jones, third and fourth yep, in the line. That's right. They were the homegrown number talents. Number 10 and number 25. I don't even remember numbers that well. Right. But. Because you always see people wearing their Jones jerseys, and it was always one or the other. 
Um, Although, by but, the way, the Braves haven't even retired number 25. <laughs> um, I think Tyler Flowers is wearing it now. Yeah, well, whatever. If, you can't really expect sure. national voters to put him yeah. in the Hall of Fame if the Braves won't even retire his number. But they were lumped together. Right. Andrew was, I mean, he wasn't just younger. He was five years younger than Chipper, almost to the day. Right. He came up so young. He he, he was a rookie he came up just like two much years younger. later right. than Chipper or so. Right. Um, and yet, Andrew's career was, I mean, not absolutely done, but by the time he was 30. Well, he signed that contract with the Dodgers, and he was yeah. abysmal. I mean, with the Braves, he was good. Right so from 2008 on, Andrew Jones right. was not one of the better players in the league. No, he was he was hardly even replacement level. Yeah. And that's that's the if Andrew had hung around even as a sort of above average hitter and an yeah. okay defender for five or six years, I suspect he'd be in the Hall of and, Fame. And what was Chipper Jones doing in two thousand eight? He was hitting three sixty four. Right. <laughs> it, it's I actually like that Andrew fell off a cliff in a weird way, so it might not be helpful. But guys age in their early thirties. Most the vast That's what majority of players do. The vast majority of players are not nearly as good at 33 as they were at 27. That's what Bill James has shown us been born out. And There's, you know there what? There are certain superstars that managed yeah. to defy that somehow. Chipper never hit that well again because he was an old man with bad knees at that point. Um, he hit pretty damn well. The next I mean, year he fell kind of off average. 100 yeah. points in batting average. But you know what? He was probably still one of the best offensive third basemen in the league. Because he hit yeah. 264 with a 388 on base and a 430 slugging. I'd take that in a heartbeat out of third right. base right now. Exactly. <laughs> out of any position so, right now. You know, this is this is why he's a Hall of Famer. It's why he's a no-doubt yep. Hall of Famer. I'm yep. so excited that Chipper's in the Hall of Fame. And I didn't think I'd be because, of course, he would go in the Hall of Fame. But th- this is but the of player course, of my youth. Chipper, in some way, Chipper is like the first of these Braves that you remember so well from his rookie year forward, yeah. right? Given your exactly. age. And it's not wrong to say that Hank Aaron is to you as Chipper Jones is to me in terms of my Yeah, family. I think that's a pretty fair comparison. And I am not um, alone in that. Every other Braves fan I meet my age. I have a friend who named his female dog Chipper. <laughs> really? <laughs> because it's it's Chipper, right? I mean, it's him. Um, yeah. I... I don't think, again, we're going to be able to get to the Hall of Fame induction because it's hard to get to. Cooperstown isn't near anything. Right. Um, yeah, we've, we've already out. missed out on uh, um, our other Braves going in. Right. It would be fun to be there. Maybe we can still shoot for it, but won't count on it. We'll be there in 25 years for Ronald Acuna's. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'll have children <laughs> that are nearly grown by then. Let's do that. Um, but... Chipper Jones is a Hall of Famer. It's great. Uh, we're going to figure out what we're doing the rest of this offseason, which now is nearly over. There's not that much offseason left. Report, That's like the best news of all, right? Yep. Catchers and catchers report in about three weeks. Um, or less, or two weeks. Yeah. So we're going to maybe talk about some more, but we are making sure we are ready for the season. Uh, honestly, once pitchers and catchers report, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So we're going to continue yep. this. We're going to figure it out. But we're ramping ourselves up to the baseball season, and I will say, looking at the prospect rankings, I'm hopeful again for the Braves. Oh, sure. I'm excited. It's springtime. You might as well be hopeful. I know. There's a reason for it. Um, that's what's really fun. 
And whatever happens with the Braves, we will talk about it right here on the Channel 17 podcast, brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network. We are online at ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and you can listen to every single one of our episodes there or on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can do us a great deal of good by going onto iTunes or Stitcher and not only subscribing to this podcast, but leaving a rating and leaving a review, because that's apparently how they deal with charts, so we can be heard by new people. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening, and I promise we will see you next week.